0: The following is a hoop ball presentation. Hello, and welcome back to the Sports Ethos Atlanta Hawks team coverage podcast, formerly known as Hoop Bowl Hawks. We cover everything regarding the Atlanta Hawks. I My mean, host, Brad Harden, recording live. It is Wednesday, May 3rd. And as you all heard last episode, we kind of talked about, you know, questions going into the offseason. And I have a very special guest coming on the program to kind of round out this conversation and kind of give context where context is needed. As far as for the questions that I laid forth last episode, so without further ado, friend of the program, we got Jr. the boss man of the Jr. the boss man radio show back in the building. Jr., how are you doing this evening,
1: brother Brad? Happy to be on vacation, my brother. Oh, seven day vacation! I can't, I can't be more happy to be on the show with you. I finally get to rejoin you again after a seven month marathon of Atlanta Hawks basketball, my brother.
0: Yeah, and the marathon has concluded with um, the Hawks losing in six games. And there were some people saying that the Hawks turned the corner. Now, if you did listen to the episode last time, I said the Hawks did not turn a corner. Um, I did attribute it, I did attribute them going to six games to just the Hawks playing a little bit better, uh, especially once game three turned. Um, I did attribute to minimal, but not a ton. uh, If you want to give credit to Snyder's adjustments, there wasn't a lot, but if you want to, you, you know, throw that out there, you can. Uh, but I really pointed to the fact that, you know, Mazula's a young coach, and some of mm-hmm. his warts showed in that series, and them dropping game one against the 76ers, obviously it's game one, and usually game one is whoever plays the hardest and executes the most, and then you could make adjustments there. But they should not have lost game one, and I think that was some of the warts that Joe Mazula, as a first-year head coach, is going to have, which is why I did not pick them to make it out of the Eastern Conference. You know, with the Bucks being gone, it's a little bit easier now. But certainly they're going to have their hands full with the 76ers with the obviously now named MVP Joel Embiid. Now, do you see the Hawks turning a corner in this playoff series against the Celtics or a lot more work is yet to be done this offseason?
1: Well, brother Brad, those who are in the know know that Atlanta Hawks were giving game three and five by Joe Mazzoula's coaching decisions because Brad, in games one and two, Missoula employed what he calls 15 coverage to the switch in one through five. You get to Atlanta, you just to play drop coverage. Now, brother Brad, what does Trey Young feast on? Drop coverage. Correct. The floater game opens up. The four-way go, loud to Capella. Weak side three, strong side three opens up. We get to the middle there, floor. Runs that ball screen, pick and roll. Why do you come up 2-0, dominate in, a, in Boston, change up to, I'm going to play a drop coverage. So his decision to play more drop coverage for some odd reason um, made the series more tighter. So game three, he goes off, right? They played terribly, yes, and, and still is a one-possession game, four minutes to go. 116 to 113, and the Hawks closed it out the game because of those scissors about shots missed by Tatum and Brown, out open three. Then in game five, why, brother Brad, do you put in Blake Griffin to experiment in the fourth quarter of the closeout game, up by 13 points?
0: You don't. You don't. Yeah, there was no reason for him to be in there.
1: So then, then that happens, brother Brad. Then it the snowball, turnovers, bad passes. Then, then – you, you had Brogdon and White going, but who does he all go to? Marcus Smart killing the momentum. So the Hawks have turned the corner, Brother Brad. They have they they were gifted two games by Missoula's bad coaching, which is gonna which is harming them now against Boston. Well against Philadelphia rather. And brother Brad, I'll say this. Don't let this become the fool's goal again. Like 2021. Oh, we've turned the corner. And we think we're doing something and we're not. Because that's why I wanted it to be a sweep. So people would wake up. These to be some changes made. But now, oh, we pushed the six games. Now, considering the fact that, hey, the Joe Missoula made it this close. Nothing that the Hawks did. They were outmatched and overmatched all, all the time. It was the coaching that made it closer than what it should be. And then, obviously, some people – And we have talked about
0: this, we'll point to, well, that's the power of a Snyder being brought on the staff, which I've been hesitant to even throw him a bone because of the time period in which he came into this team this season. And it's still a head-scratcher as far as when they decided – I mean, not when they decided to fire Naaman Millen. I mean, when they fired Naaman Millen, it it was what it was. But to hire a coach and have him come in in the last fourth of the season – was a head-scratcher, and now people are going to say, well, it's the Snyder effect. It's the Snyder effect. Snyder didn't have his guys, and obviously um, it's now been reported that he will clean house and bring on people to his staff. I mean, uh, Bray is already on on staff now. But any ideas um, on how Snyder will fit on his team in this organization and any ideas on who he may bring on the staff this offseason?
1: I would say without giving direct names away, look at people who have worked in San Antonio, Utah, and Milwaukee. Makes and sense. Memphis. That makes sense. Yeah. People who are from the bud tree. Now, I can tell you on background that there are people who, from those trees who came to visit practices to the ranch. And, you know, thing with Mike Bray got blown up because – Mike Bray was around too much. He was in that visible path of where the media comes in, and takes photos of practice. And it kept saying, why is Mike Bray here? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So they got forced into announcing Mike Bray being will be on staff nation because he's always around. He when was also about
0: He was kind of like an Easter egg in like a movie that you watch. So like you just kinda just saw, you just come so it was a lot of pictures. I, I would just see him there. Uh so it was no surprise when
1: they announced that. Well, I forced into it because there yeah. was too much smoke there. So that happened. Then Quinn brought some guys in from, from Utah who he had uh, while he still had a staff. So as a human being, brother, Brad, if I'm on staff, but but, but dang, this cat done brought in two dudes from Utah and the dude recruited him a Duke. I ain't going to be here next year. So – that that caused some awkward tension as well because the human being, brother, I usually I see you breaking in people that they replace me. I'm not going. You know what I'm saying? It's going to be some tension there.
0: And as far as that tension, obviously it, it it seemed professional. I mean, obviously the Hawks tried to make it seem professional, made everything seem seamless. Um, but certainly there will be some changes made. Uh, as Snyder does have a lot of power over, obviously, who you want to bring on staff, and as well as personnel decisions. So, looking towards personnel decisions in the off season. Before we get there, do you anticipate any more front office moves to be made?
1: Yes, because you have to rebuild the scouting department, the front office. Because what what's been done is after this draft, there'll be a purge of traps and scouts. So you got to bring in scouts went for Fields and Corver and Coonan and Wrestler and Grand Hill now. So, yes, after this draft, the scouts, personnel department will change over. But it will be after the draft. So, yes, there will be more moves. Some will not be announced. They may, may come out in the athletic article or AJC scoop. But a lot of scouts, scouts don't really make the news. But, yes, there will be turnover with it being Travis Slinks people getting finally purged out in Lampage Fields and Kyle Corbett, Nick Russell's people coming in. So essentially a change in the guard obviously took
0: place with Snyder coming on board, but now you're going to have a change in of the guard within the front office and there's going to be a totally different front office. And will that make it a different organization? That's the question that is still yet to be answered because the core is still here for now. So now when you look towards the summer, what or who do the Hawks need this offseason, as far as for this roster? I'm always saying defense, 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 because you can you can't always outscore everyone. In the games that the Hawks won the two games, they did not play excellent defense. They just flat out outscored the Celtics. And obviously, Missoula's you know Warts as a coach, as a first year head coach, we're not going to completely discredit him as a coach, but. What or who do the Hawks need as far as
1: prioritizing this summer? Well, brother Brad, we got to start here. The Hawks' salaries, as constructed right now, puts them at 170.9 for a salary. Luxury tax is 162. So you have to make decisions on, do you, do you guarantee Fernando a 2.5? Matthews are two two million, beat Krejci one point eight, and Marty one point seven. If you don't guarantee those guys, you're still over the tax by nine hundred thousand dollars, and that's with ten players. With a first round pick coming, in, that makes it eleven players. So you have to sign three more guys. So you look at the look at the roster. Who can I use to get underneath the tax and replace the roster? If I don't guarantee Matthews, Fernando, and Krejci and Martin, I look at John Collins. I look at, Bob Bobadavich, twenty five point three million for John Collins, Bobadavich eighteen point seven. I use those contracts to duck luxury tax and replenish my roster that way via trade and my first round pick, and maybe get my second round pick a two way contract. Because unfortunately, brother Brad, this roster is locked in with the guys, with what they're making. So, the only option is to use JC's contract and by the tax and get the players you need to get you 11 through 15 on your roster. Or find guys who are playable, per se, right? So, for who the Hawks need, shooting and defense. I agree with you. But, finances-wise, who they invest in, it's gonna get in the way of that. So, Who you can easily offload and not miss a beat per se JC, that becomes the Sadiq Bay. You can make AJ Griffin bogey. See what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And work for the first round pick and get guys for the roster. Or who can help with JC's contract and bogey's contract to get the duck you under that tax? I know Tony Russler, by the way, he says, ain't gonna pay.
0: Yeah. And I mean, that was one of the questions I had: will, will JC finally be traded? This has kind of been a soap opera. It's pretty much been the young and the restless for the last four seasons, as far as trade rumors surrounding John Collins. And I think the time is here, um, and, and especially the usage of Sadiq Bay down the stretch by Snyder clearly shows that Snyder valued what Sadiq Bay uh, Sadiq Bay brought to the table over john collins and he's just john collins has kind of been lost in translations the last couple of years as far as his role on the team and he's in his usage so i've been the one to say that moving john collins it, it it has been a priority it needs to be a priority but the fact that his value isn't what it is it's it's the hawk's fault but because of usage it's because of narratives it's because of his undefined role that may or may not have to do with you know locker room tension and whatnot and i say that the reason why john Co- the hawks cannot get the value they want for john collins um everybody's a, everybody's to a blame john collins has not played the best but i think that has a lot to do with the organization how they use them how do you feel as far as what is his value if we are going to finally offload john
1: collins Ooh, the Hawks will want two first round picks for him. That's what they. That's what they want for him. Mm-hmm. I would say two rotational players, and a first round pick, or or because now the Hawks are in trouble. It could become a negative trade. What I mean by that, brother, Brad is this. you have to include a pick to, off of his contract to get off that money because people know the Hawks are in the luxury tax and you have to duck it. So teams not going to be willing to give up, knowing the Hawks need to bring deduct the tax at least. So you could possibly because you got to sign a first round pick, and even if you do that, you're still over because a first round pick right now, if, if their pick is three point two million, brother Brad, that still keeps you over the tax. So mm-hmm. you're going to use, you have to find some guys to trade to duck that tax. And J.C.'s usage has been terrible. Um, but they made him a stretch four. He's not a stretch four. He's just right. not correct. So, well, three, four, seven million is first round pick. So, I mean, you gotta use his contract to get on the tax. He's the odd man out because, you, like I you said, So they beg you pay for it can be be your four. Okonwu could be your center, but do you want to get rid of a now or keep him one more year? So, it's, it's, but it's pretty much like I told you offline before that it's gonna be. Capella, JC, Bogie, potentially DeAndre Hunter are the four guys we look at as tradable contracts to get duck tax. And then you got to look at look at next Summer, DeJounte Murray. Yes. You got if you if you extend to Leaks League Bay, you extend Okongwu. that's us that's 30 million dollars right there between those two. 14 or 16, whatever you want to do for them, right? That's 30 extra million dollars on your on your cap, 20. 24 summer then you know you you look you have look at that then you say to yourself i gotta extend aj griffin down the road and johnson potentially right the, the, yeah. do we keep the johnson murray or do we let him go because it's getting expensive real fast you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. the finances are, are bad here you know what i'm saying and, so, and, and none of them are going to be what the what that's- the fans want to
0: hear correct like it's you're stuck between a rock and a hard place in this situation right now.
1: Yes, financially, fans, the team's in a bad spot, and it's it's not Trey Young's fault. He's gonna make forty million dollars next year. Then he's gonna make more than that the following year, right?
0: Mm-hmm. So, so then poor. you have to
1: ask yourself <laughs> if you're not gonna go on the, go on the tax. Because I mean, I don't blame the rest. If this is a championship team. I'm not going to attack myself. You see what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. I don't blame him on that. But you have to ask yourself: Can I afford Can I afford John T. Murray? Oh, so am I? Am going to give up? Because think about it: Griffin and Johnsons to be on rookie deals next summer, right? Yes. Are you got to to extend them if you don't to keep them, right? Yeah. Yeah. Another first round pick behind them. The league the, 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 the bay extension and the Kang kick in that they'll sign in October. So you see where it gets tricky, tricky, tricky? Yes. That means so if you want Murray, that means you get rid of DeAndre Hunter's number. You see, you did do you see where it gets bad? Or does that mean you get rid of Capella and Hunter to afford Murray and say a combo you're my center going forward? So the the chess pieces, the machinations to figure out the roster with the knowing that your ownership does not want to pay the luxury tax. What's was going to get philanthropy fields and Calcor with their money? Because to figure that part out, it's going to be a hell of a thing, my brother. Yeah. And you've kind
0: of kind of guided me towards some of the questions that I had. I mean, you're talking about people who are eligible for extension this summer. The big ones are Okongu uh, and, bay. and Bay. And then if the Hawks, did extend something to murray he didn't have to accept it obviously but they could try this summer uh, i could be wrong there but as far as no,
1: yes they, they they can try but it's four years 114 four years doing
0: that.
1: yeah yeah and that's far
0: less than what he he is going to command in this market so if if you get a significant pay raise and you are in landry field's shoes who do you prioritize extending this summer
1: If I could, and this is gonna be tricky, I would not extend Sadiq Bey in a contract this this in October. Mm. I want to keep their low cap holds for for the summer, and see how it shakes out, because I I, I don't want to commit that money so I have to. Understand, you understand. Because if you sign them to say, let's just say they both signed for four years. Sixty-four and one sounds for four years and forty-six, or whatever you want to call it, right? Mm-hmm. That's that's starting that's to be dollars right there between those two guys. You know what I'm saying? Four is 15, and 15, fifteen, right? Averaging mm-hmm. pretty much, right? That's thirty million dollars on your on, on your cap. Then you have to worry about the first-round draft pick. Trey Young know, salary is rising. You know, Hunter's rises, right? Then you have a capella on on on, on, on there. Then, then okay. Then you like okay. I'm at make whatever the number is right. I'm over the tax. What do I give to John T. Murray? So who am I gonna do, trade it in a salary dump? to, you know, get, you know, get rid of them. So you have their full bird rights as Okongu and Bay. You can do what you gotta do. and come back and resign them after you do what you decided what you're gonna do. But if you sign them now, you have strained yourself and you kind of put yourself in a bind, okay? I have to trade somebody if I'm gonna keep this guy. It's it's anyway, look at it, brother Brad is bad, but I would delay the directing if I could and see how, how it plays out and then decide oh, I going to give Bay and O'Connor with it. But also, could happen is this it could play so well, it costs you more money if you don't lock them up in October, so, so it's. it's, it's it's a gamble. Yes, but I would do that because it's bad. <laughs> I just – I'm fans – this is – and I'm going to say the new CBA is, is trash because of, of C.J. McCollum wanting to get back at Golden State. The small, state, small market owners wanting to get back at Golden State, Clippers, Brooklyn, the Lakers, all the big market teams. But see, this what, is this what happens, brother Brad. You're forced now. To get rid of your players because you won't have first-round picks, you won't have you can't have your tax fans level exception no more. The match trades a certain way. So the new CBS is gonna force teams like the Hawks to get their get, get their houses in order, cap-wise. And unfortunately, by Travis Slink drafting well, the Hawks are in trouble. That's why i hope hoping CBA brother, brother 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 Brad did, hey, how about this? We don't penalize teams for drafting well. But what's going to happen? If you draft well, you can't get everybody. So you saw all them teams like Utah, Memphis, who voted for this in OKC, you're going to F yourselves on the back end for, for trying to get back at Golden State. Just saying.
0: Interesting, interesting summer. A lot. Well, the next two seasons is going to be very interesting. A lot to decide in the NBA and as well in the Hawks. Front office. So we're gonna take a quick break here, and we're gonna finish out the back end of this program as always. First, this quick plug.
1: Okay, listeners, it's time to talk a little fantasy hoops. Now, I don't know about you, I'm in
0: several fantasy leagues, and every fantasy league that you are in, you have a rival. Pokemon Ash Ketchum had Gary, and I know you have your Gary out there. So it's time to beat Gary and get the insight that you need to take your stuff to the next level and win a fantasy basketball championship. Do you remember who led you to Tyrese Halliburton, DeJounte Murray, Terry Rozier, and Mikhail Bridges before any other rank list? I know which one. It's the Brewskis 150. And you probably turned those huge wins into some cash or a fantasy basketball championship. This year, the Brewski 150 is on sale for a limited time. In Ethos, 360 subscribers can get access in less than a week. Head to sportsethos.com and click on the premium tab to grab membership information or the draft guide today. And yes, to answer your most important question, the Brewski 150 is included in both options check back daily for more new features and go dominate your leagues beat gary with the help of sports ethos all right we are back we got the boss man in the building talking hawks talking nba the future and trying to figure out and i mean i mean i love bone dogs and harmony but this is a crossroads that the Hawks do not want to be in right now. This is a tough, tough game of. And it's a lot of board games out there, you know, but you're trying to manage your properties as far as Monopoly goes because you got taxes to pay and whatnot. And that's where the Hawks are at right now. You know, you got your, you know, your boardwalk in Trey Young. You're trying to figure out if you can get some other higher level properties and that would be DeJounte Murray and extending him. But you got to have all those other pieces as well in order. And the Hawks are trying to figure that out and need to figure that out this offseason. So before I talk about offseason free agency trades, because everybody loves hearing that, it's too early. We're still in the NBA playoffs. Things have not come to fruition yet. But before I get there, I kind of want to talk more as far as there's a contingency of fans who push for the young. And I understand. You got young, exciting players like A.J. Griffin who had a good rookie year until obviously Quentin Snyder came on board and stopped playing, which a lot of people did not point fingers at him, unlike when they pointed fingers at Nathan Millen. But I digress.
1: That was that, that was that was political too, by the way, but I'll get into that as well. And, and oh, I'm I'm gonna let you
0: get to that. I'm gonna definitely let you get to that. But definitely AJ Griffin. Okongwu, rightfully so. He had a really good year. Definitely his best year of his career. Jalen Johnson. And Jalen Johnson got more clock. Um, down the stretch under Snyder, and obviously he took A.J. Griffin's minutes and a couple of other people, um, Aaron Aaron Holiday a little bit. He cut into his minutes, but Justin Holiday became a non-factor, obviously, before he got traded. But that's neither here nor there. Now, when you're trying to break down the young players and you have the old players who they could potentially replace, you're talking about or older. You have DeAndre Hunter, who I said on his last program, Depending on how Jalen Johnson plays next year, maybe the next summer is where you look to move DeAndre Hunter, depending on how much further Jalen Johnson progresses as a player in another full season under Snyder and how much he likes to use him. You got Bogey, who you mentioned, who could be on a trading block. Some people think he played himself because he was healthy back on the team, but when you think about the luxury tax and trying to avoid it, moving him still seems like the better option especially if you want a young aj griffin on the court which it seems like nobody complains about now now that quinn snyder is coaching and then you have okongu yeah, who, and then you got a okongu who everybody says he should be the center i am of the mindset that he needs to be more of the four not the five because as athletic as he is i don't think he's big enough to play the five in today's NBA, I know. Yes, this is a faster-paced NBA. You have stretch fives, You have all the these different pieces. But when you're in the Eastern Conference and you have to deal with a Joel Embiid, and obviously not huge, but you got to th- think about Bam bio. You got to think about Giannis, who obviously can he's interchangeable. You think about these big body centers. A Congo does not stack up to them physically, so that's why I am hesitant to put him at the five. And I always give credit where credit is due to Clint Capella, but obviously his contract, he's gonna be old what mid-20s? Um 20, 21 next year, 22 million and 24, 25. Yeah, so so obviously he's an aging center, and you gotta worry about you know paying him. When you're talking about the young and the old, who out of those three, Hunter Johnson, Bogey Griffin, or Capella. For each of those three decisions, who should the Hawks prioritize going forward?
1: I would prioritize Jalen Johnson because he he has talent. He has talent out there, brother. Brad, yes, he does. AJ can shoot. AJ, which was like it's very very quiet that you know that that that, that Quinn comes in and he don't play AJ. is all good. They didn't do it. He was. Rigid and he was the worst coach ever. Well, okay, I digress. Mm. But Johnson can impact defensively, but the problem with Jalen is he can't shoot. Boston won't even guard the dude, right? Mm-hmm. And I heard you say about Congo being the four. That that did you get back and said to that role of J.C. Yeah. trying to make a stretch four out of somebody who ain't to stretch four. Quinn wants to play pace and space, well, he has to be mm-hmm. the five, but he can't shoot from three at Well, yet. So I apologize, Johnson, but in the playoffs, he's unplayable. Capella can still give you one more year for you to move him. Uh, a extension, don't make it because his extension won't kick in yet. That's why I will keep Capella one more year, but in 24 25, his heads to go. So you know, a for the extension in October. Yes, I'll I, I, I wait, but still, he'll be the five of, in Atlanta. Johnson because he can do defensively and be a point forward. AJ can shoot, but he can't defend quite yet. He's just he's he's bogey. Bogey can't shoot, but can't defend a thing. So that's the swap out. And DeAndre Hunter, he it gets tricky unless you want to make Jalen Johnson the four or the small three, or how you want to play it. And then also those goes back to do you keep DeJounte Murray after all this? Because you do have young talent that you got the roster you pay. So, I can say, you get back to that point I keep making, financially, new CBA-wise, the Hawks are going to be penalized for drafting well on the Travis line, unfortunately.
0: And and we're kind of working backwards here. So, you mentioned Murray, and this is going to be a quick question. You kind of already talked about all of the factors of how we can decide Murray or how we may not, the decisions that have to be made. So, right now, kind of far out what percentage do you give the hawks as far as their chances of keeping murray if you had to
1: throw a percentage on it right now i would say 40% mm.
0: and that's and that's higher than i had personally i had i i'm, I'm a little bit closer to 30
1: um so 40% i'm to say 40% that he's not a hockey. he walks but if they if they wise up that by trade line that he's going to walk, you could see some, some movement because I I just plug like this. he ain't the happiest here. He, he is a cool dude, but he ain't the happiest dude here based on what he came from. All his dysfunction he sees every day, let's just say he does not sit well with them. And how they do what they do behind the scenes, not the prettiest. You catch my drift. Yes. So, and can you pay him what he wants? That's also a problem. So, all those factors involved, I could see them get traded, trade their land. I could see them walking for nothing. They let trade all in that Mr. Nick Russell's son made and pushed for. Uh, it's going to backfire. That's going to backfire faster than we think. Yeah. And I know a lot of Hawks fans do not want to hear that. They want
0: to say, oh, we can make it work. We can make it work. But at the end of the day, there are other things that. The public do not know and do, does not see on a day-to-day basis that ha- that play a factor and a lot of people think it's just the national media attacking the Atlanta Hawks they're attacking my team they're trying to tear this team apart when really there are some things r- rumbling and bumbling behind the scenes in Atlanta and a lot of things a lot of questions came about obviously Trey Young um them shopping him around and I've said on this program that I don't think the Hawks are actively shopping him but I if I, but I said on the last episode they will be stupid not to at least hear things out because you have to put everything on the table because of the next two summers being so crucial for the future of this Atlanta Hawks franchise. And a lot of people question Trey Young's leadership. Now, I will ask a question. A lot of people question his leadership. Do you think leadership is an issue as far as for Trey Young? And then the second question is as far as should the Hawks Field offers for Trey Young uh, or not? So those are my two questions I got for you to, uh, on Trey. I mean, we can. This could be a whole episode, but I wanted to just not have him steal the show. I want to give him his just just desserts, but certainly I wanted to get
1: your take on that. Leadership wise, he's the leader. He's, he's a trailblazer, uh, and I'll leave you at that. I could say more. He's not a good leader. Um, Trey has no logical logical spot to trade you to. So, no, he won't be moved because unless you're going to trade to Portland post-Dames, Utah won't speed up their rebuild by bringing in Trey Young. Oh, his own home from OKC. Does Brooklyn want to bring him in there at cap space? Those are the only logical spots. So, but that being, if that being like the logical being the spots, no, he'll be in line next year. Now, I did have one quick question. I've seen this out there, and
0: I'm like, huh, could work. Uh, but obviously, you still got money to worry about. What if they break up PG and Kawhi in LA, and you do a Trey Young PG swap, and then you keep Murray? But obviously, you still got
1: other decisions to make. But do you think that's a possibility, or that's just no. A two K trade. A, that's a two K trade. That, 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 <laughs> that, 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 that's barbershop. I don't think about GM and they don't know they and they don't know anything. That's barbershop talk. The Clippers are bought in on Kawhi and PG. They got a new arena opening up next year in a year. according into it though, they got ACL tickets and PSAs. Yes, they, they ain't going nowhere. Yeah,
0: and and I've had that conversation offline with some people who make a lot of 2K trades, especially in my group chat. If you listen to this, listen to Boss Man. I'm telling you, them 2K trades that you be throwing in them group chats that we turn down, there's a reason why we turn them down. They don't make no damn sense. Uh, So I'm glad you said I'm glad you said that. I'm glad you shot that down, you know, because there's just wild rumors being thrown around. I said that if there was a trade of Trey Young to happen, it would be because he demands one. But yet. And it has been talked about that the value for Trey Young, just like for John Collins, is not what the Hawks are hoping for. So they're kind of pigeonholed. So saying that Trey Young is staying and you're going to try to do one more year with Murray, you're looking at. John Collins, Bogey, maybe a DeAndre Hunter, free agent Capella. Capella trades or free agent targets that the Hawks should look towards. Uh, give me three that Hawks fans should look towards.
1: No, I'll be. Honest, I, I don't have that because if it depends on who you target to trade JC to and Bogey. I don't have it because the Hawks' for agency will not be happy. It's going to be you. You get players with the roster via trade, so. I can't say that until I know who's in the sweep states for JC and Bogey ducked this tax. Fair so enough. I don't have that for you because it's based. The Hawks will be a trade team to fill the bit, the rest of the roster, not for agency.
0: That's that's fair enough. That's fair enough. I, ha- I had to ask it on behalf of the fans, so I appreciate you being honest with that answer. Uh, but those are all the questions that I have had. We have a couple minutes left. Definitely wanted to let everybody know how they can check you out, and I want to give you your spot to kind of clear the air on some things you want to get off your chest before
1: we close this out. Now, Brother Brad, shout out to our boss man show on Twitter. they the boss man on Instagram and Twitter. But, folks, there are a lot of idiots who cover the Atlanta Hawks and media who have made narratives that, that form the way you think. I'm going to tell you something. These clowns don't know basketball. They're fanboys and podcasts, okay? Don't let them guide your knowledge of the Atlanta Hawks. Okay. Follow brother brother, brother brother Brad. He knows what he's talking about. He he has he has plugs. That's not myself. He has plugs. And the narrative that Queen has done something much better than Nathan Miller is, is false and you know, a false red herring. The same roster, same thing happened. First round exit play-in team. Nathan Miller was not the problem. The problem was your was your point guard and stuff behind the scenes. And but finally, what I will tell you is this. Be smart about your team. Love your team. Be objective about your team. Okay? And your team's construction is a 500 team. Doesn't going change. I don't care what you say, what you do. Trey Young is not out the future. He can't win a championship for you. And don't let the media poison your mind. They is their new hope. Nathan Blunt got a raw deal. And Trey said he would love too, at first. Then he got rid of him. So, Quinn Snyder, beware—you're in for a scare. But I love you, brother Brad. Sports Ethos doing his thing. Good job. Thank you, Miss platform to you and your listeners, man. And uh, to Atlanta, go Hawks, baby. <laughs> as, as always, go Hawks. Check us out on
0: SportsEthos.com. Follow me on Twitter at BradJared67. That's Brad J A R R E T T. Follow us at Ethos Hawks. We'll catch you guys next time. And it's a big off
1: season for us.